Hi and welcome to Detox Talks the Detox a podcast where we talk to some of the world's finest leaders about their detox rituals and how they maintain continuity in a world of noise and chaos how they make sure that the criticism that the world puts on them doesn't affect their insight and they still continue to perform as well as they do thanks for tuning in this is Kunal Chandirmani and you are listening to Detox Talks the Detox This is a special episode brought to you in association with Techstars Hub 71 where we talk to founders of startups that are changing the world about how they are doing that and how they stay detoxed in midst of a chaotic but fun startup journey. Today we have Maureen Reed on the podcast. Maureen, welcome to the podcast. Maureen is the founder of Cognient and is an amazing individual. Glad to have you on the podcast. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Excited for the next little discussion. So, Maureen, you have an incredible story, and you're a fantastic storyteller. So, before we get into anything else, over to you. Your fantastic story. <laughs> Where do I start? So, I think you're referring to when I was telling you about my life. I hope my story is going to be more incredible in in the years to come. So, yeah, Maureen Reid. I I was born in in Ireland. I'm And then we emigrated to Australia when I was six years old, and, and I'm one of six children, so I'm the fifth out of six children. And I think growing up in an immigrant family, although you know Ireland to Australia, I think that in terms of you know socioeconomic standing, it was similar. But my parents really did risk everything that they had created in Ireland to, in order to give us a, a better life and a better access to education and a better future. And you know, for that, I'm eternally grateful. And I think that. looking back now that really set me up for success but it made me be resilient in so many ways so integrating into a new culture making new friends you know seeing my parents also take risks when it came to business and and the stress that that put on our family i think was a really good testing bed for me in terms of my own personal development as a child and then as a as a young adult and then now in my adulthood you know driving a business and and the qualities that we want to exhibit in the business so from australia i've worked in over i think it's maybe 28 or 29 countries last count so i started my career off working in mongolia laos and and china really doing you know aid and and public health work and community health development with a, a number of the different ministries there and then i was the youth ambassador to the philippines um in my early 20s where Now looking back, I just think to myself, God, like I didn't really know a lot, but I had a lot of confidence and I had a really great team of mentors and colleagues around me to support me and I was working on a hugely impactful project at the time around overseas Filipino workers coming back into the Philippines and actually looking at their overall health status but in in particular into HIV and AIDS and I think At the time I probably didn't recognize the impact that I was having on these communities but we really focused on you know promoting promoting awareness and health promotion so my background is in health promotion and coming from an entrepreneurial family I probably just took it in my stride a little bit so my parents were both entrepreneurs they have mainly worked in in hospitality they met in Canada and then they married in New York in the Bronx in 1970 which was a crazy place at that time and full of crime and they were really successful and then you know having six children and emigrating i think that that has given me a good foundation but being in the philippines i think it really allowed me to value or reinforce my value system in terms of really focusing on helping individuals of all social standings um just to really increase and be aware of their healthcare and from the philippines i went back unfortunately my dad had uh, heart failure 
and and chronic like heart disease chronic heart disease and he ended up passing away but you know I was in my mid-20s at that time and now looking back that was such a special time one because I got to spend a huge amount of time with my dad back in Perth in Western Australia but like I've said I'm one of six children my mum had six children in nine years or my mum and dad and we were all living under the one roof with our partners um, at that period of time when dad got sick and so I have this amazing, incredible bond with my brothers and sisters because we actually live together as adults. And, you know, from there, I did an MBA and a Master's of Strategy and a postgrad in international health. And then I started working for Accenture um, and, and lecturing in public health and, and health promotion and health economics. And I think the combination of academia plus, you know, really being commercial and business consulting allowed me to see both sides of the coin, but also allowed me to really think about where I wanted to create an impact. So from Sydney, Australia, so I'd moved to Sydney and then from Sydney, I ended up working in Singapore, doing the first national electronic record here where I was the business architect and had an incredible team of colleagues at Accenture working with the Ministry of Health here. And then that work took me back to Australia to do the PCHR on my health record in Australia. And then from there, I was in London and then Germany and the Netherlands and then Africa, Brazil, doing all different types of healthcare around digital health specifically. And when I was in Africa, I worked on a community project, which was all about last mile access to healthcare. And that was focused on really empowering community members to one, take ownership over their healthcare, but in order to, you know, build the capabilities and knowledge of their fellow villagers, right? And so we worked on on some different projects. And from there, I also sat on the youth council for the new sustainable development goals. And then that kind of brought me back to Asia in some way. And I've lived in Singapore, but servicing, you know, Southeast Asia for the last kind of five or six years. So really working in digital healthcare and, and working in all diverse countries. So like Vietnam, Malaysia, Indonesia, Pakistan, India, where else? the list goes on I don't even know if I'm doing a good summation of what I've been doing over the last couple of years but there's so much to unpack in my journey and I probably think it wasn't until we were having this conversation you know a week or so ago Kanoa where you started saying oh and tell me more about this and tell me more about that and then I think from there like it really it makes you actually reflect on where you've come to be your experiences and your education in terms of where you are today and so now, yeah, so now I'm, I'm the CEO and co-founder of a neurological mental health startup and really trying to drive and, and redefine healthcare through technology and, and um, specifically around accelerating neurological research and, and really empowering consumers to manage their health conditions, whether it's, you know, Alzheimer's or, or MS or depression. So all my journey has kind of coincided to this now, this meeting point that I am at today. So you have a 15-month-old at home and you've been balancing between raising funds, building a company and raising a baby. And as fun as all of them sound, how do you balance it all? Yeah, well, I mean, it's funny, as I, as I told my story before, I was really looking at it from a work lens. But if I think about it from a personal growth lens, I think, you know, becoming a mom has by far and away been the best thing that I've ever done. And you know, Keen, my son is called Keen, which means old soul in Irish. And, and he is definitely, not only is he an old soul, but he is just, you know, a shining light to anyone and everyone that he meets. People have always said, oh, you know, parenthood comes with some difficulties. For me, it's been an absolute blessing and quite easy, actually. So how do I manage it? I think that for me, it's about really thinking about prioritization. 
and being able to manage work, my commitments there, my team commitments, my personal commitments, and then Keen. And Keen comes front and center to that, right? So I don't ever do anything that I think wouldn't have a positive impact in, on him. And he's allowed me to kind of reframe and also accelerate and drive some of my ambition when it comes to work. Because I think you always, like now being a mother um, or being a parent, actually, I think it you start thinking about your future in, in a slightly different manner and thinking about, you know, the legacy that you want to lead. But I think for me, it's about prioritization. It's about committing to or making commitments that I know that I can deliver on. And it's about uncluttering. So, you know, I'm more efficient and probably more outcome driven than I've ever been. And I think that's when there's an old saying, I don't know if it's an Irish saying or it's Um, But my parents always used to say it to me, give a busy person a task and then they'll always get it done. It's the same for me. Like I am extremely busy, but but I'm really good at prioritizing. I love that saying. That's so deep because, yeah, I think give a person who's really free uh, a task, there's a much less likely chance given the fact that he that's the only thing he has on his to-do list and prioritization is not really a skill well-developed. So, yeah, I love that saying. Yeah, I'm hearing it for the first time, but I just noted it down. So, <laughs> so I hope I got it right. <laughs> but it is something, it's those sentiments, right? Yeah, yeah. I am sorry you conveyed it further. So more than that, what about your detox? Say, between, so specifically talking now more about uh, your work and given the fact that running a startup, in fact, building a startup at this point is an extremely tedious and extremely fun, but a very challenging thing to do. And as a startup founder, what's your detox been? Yeah, great question. I think for us, it's around um, at Cognium, we really strive to simplify our goals. And then like back to my earlier point around prioritization, if you've got a really clear endpoint in mind, your journey becomes a stepping stone to that. And I think that, you know, as founders, one of the biggest lessons that I've had, especially going through Techstars and also working really closely with my co-founder Niraj is we're very specific and strategic now in terms of not trying to, you know, boil the ocean, but being hyper-focused on what we need to achieve to do. And then also being very conscious of each other's personal time. The fact that, you know, it benefits us both to have other activities outside of work that energize us. So I'm a firm believer of, you know, regular exercise. I do, you know, weekly or biweekly Pilates classes. Um, and so I think doing stuff that actually energizes and refines and refreshes my mind, I think is as equally important as being focused on being a great co-founder. <laughs> well said. I think having a co-founder in itself is a very different experience from starting a company alone, because I think the biggest challenge a lot of startup founders going through a startup uh, phase is the fact that the vision is so outrageous at so many times that you really need to find people to believe in. <laughs> So I think that in itself is a detox. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, a problem shared is a problem tough, right? And so the beauty of having two minds that, I mean, we think very differently. Niraj is, is, and I can say this, he's like a technical genius, you know, he, he can solve any product problem that we have. And he sometimes makes my business requests, you know, he tells me whether or not they're feasible, right? And I think having that point of view from two different angles, you know, like from a, you know, I come to the business really looking at, you know, our commercialization angle and our go to market and how we can expand and who do we need to partner with. And 
Niraj really thinks about it in terms of, you know, product and, and thinking about, it. you know, he's also the principal investigator in a lot of our clinical trials because he allows the magic to happen, right? Like I might come up with a strategy, but unless you have someone that can actually action that, I think that that's really important. And I, for us, we, we're we really fortunate to have such a complementary skill set. And it is a detox in many ways, right? Because we think differently, it leads to really not always heated discussions, but really, you know, productive discussions. And I know he values my opinion and I value his, but I think coming at things from different angles, one allows you to have a much richer, insightful conversation that leads to what I believe is a better outcome. <laughs> I, I can see the the way that it impacts a product, it's giving it more perspectives. So overall today, when you're going through a rough patch, what is the first moment you look back on? First detox lesson you learned in life that you look back on whenever you go through a rough patch that in a way keeps you grounded, that in a way keeps you focused and that in a way just keeps you real? That's a great question, right? And I think fortunately and probably unfortunately, I think now I look back fortunately, but as a child, I was extremely accident prone. And, you know, as an 18-month-old baby, which my son's not that far away from being, um, you know, I ripped my nose off my face and had to go to emergency. And I think my parents were you know, petrified, but it's some of my earliest memories, right? And then I think as a nine-year-old, I almost died of breast appendix. And so I've got all these moments in time, like where as an individual, you know, there was a lot of challenges ahead of me. And I think having really positive, but constructive parents and role models in my life, and some of them didn't always come in the form of parents, right? We've always had really good family friends and people I could confide in and I think that that made me really resilient and I think back now and think wow like you know if I could overcome death at a young age or if I you know could move countries when I was six or seven and and was able to assimilate well actually my day-to-day problems of cognitive are, are minimal compared to that right and I think that you don't realize how much your foundational years and, and I'm talking about your years from like you know zero up until like 15 or 16 really shape you to be the person that you are in adulthood to an extent. I think people can change that that journey, but I'm grateful to have had all of those at the time probably were, you know, disastrous events. Um, but at the same time now probably shaped me to be one, a better communicator and to really be grateful and very, I guess, grateful and very reflective as a business owner, but also as a, just as an adult. And be thankful that I've got so many opportunities. I mean, we're so lucky to have, you know, a company that is solving some of the biggest healthcare problems in the world. <laughs> right. And in all of that today, when you're building Cognient, so I think as a startup, something that I personally seen is looking through the vision or whatever the plan is for the next few years is a detox in itself. So, and very often a famous quote here Again, I don't know who said it, so I'm just going to leave it the same way, like a famous saying. (laughs) So around how a founder's personal journey really frames a startup's journey. So what's your view been on that? Well, I 100% agree with that saying. I think that your personal journey through your life and then also your personal journey through actually the development of a company. So it's like kind of before Cognient and after Cognient, if you want to BC and AC if you want to think about it in those ways. But like for us, and I'm speaking about Niraj and us as as the two co-founders, I mean, we've came to this with very different experiences. 
you know, Naraj migrated to Singapore as a young adult and really took a number of risks within his own personal life. And I think that, you know, he was also touched by mental health issues. So people in his family had suffered from, um, you know, depression and anxiety. And I think for me, um, I've had family members, you know, unfortunately commit suicide. And there's not anyone now that you talk to that hasn't been touched by some form of mental health uh, directly impacted within their lives. And I think so we were highly motivated to try and, and we're on a journey, right? We haven't got the outcome yet. We're trying to continuously solve a problem and that pivots day to day. So we're in this agile state of mind all the time, which I think is really healthy to understand that, you know, change is constant. But as founders, since we created this company a number of years ago, I mean, at that point in time, Naraj had been colleagues in a very big multinational. We had been, he had been my client when I worked at Accenture and he was at the Ministry of Health here. And then we had been also housemates, right? And you know someone very intimately after you've worked with them on the same level, when you're in the same team, when you're in opposing teams, you know, when you're serving them as clients, even though you shouldn't be opposing, hopefully you come together more than not. And then when you're housemates, you see a different side to someone. So I think for us, we know each other's strengths and we know each other's areas of development and we're very honest with each other to the point of probably brutally honest. And I think that allows us... um, from a business perspective, I think that that allows us to be open to one, to coaching and mentoring and understanding that we're on a journey to our own professional growth as well. And two, to actually ask for help when we need it. And whether that comes from each other or whether, because we are in a partnership, right? And so whether that help comes from each other or whether that we seek that externally to us, and we've got a great team of advisors um, supporting us now, but you know, we do seek and actively, we've both got this philosophy about wanting to be better and to do better. And whether that's through Cognient or personally through our own lives, which is now intertwined with Cognient as well. And I think, you know, that's our philosophy as a company. <laughs> Lovely. So moving on to the rapid fire round, these are a couple of quick questions. Answer them in the least possible words. Okay. Apple or Android? Apple. Mac or Windows? Windows. You wake up in 2030, what's the first thing you do? Hopefully go for a swim at the beach. You wake up in 2050, what's the first thing you Google? I don't know. I'll probably Google my son's name. Your favorite destination? Oh, it depends. I mean, for for family time, it has to be Australia, Perth, Australia or Cork in Ireland. I think for... You know, a beach holiday, probably, you know, the Maldives. For culture, probably Italy and Vineyard. And for snow or adventure, either, you know, south of France or Japan. Your favorite music? Well, also depends on my mood. I mean, I love everything from, you know, traditional Irish music to, you know, pop to jazz. Um, it's a hard one and it changes <laughs> almost daily. Your favorite food? PowerPoint. One thing that you're very grateful for? Becoming a mother. The most life-changing year? Definitely 2020, by far. Doing chores or cleaning? Cleaning. Movies or web series? Web series. Favorite web series? New Amsterdam. Your favorite founder? So I like, for a female founder from this part of the world, I love the lady that was the co-founder of Grab, Hui Ling Tan, I think her name is. And from a person that is really focused in terms of, you know, the mission of 
democratizing you know the investment process and really striving to drive you know better um, a better even playing field for for companies coming up and out and also has just some great philosophies in life is I love Naval Ravikant. Fantastic. Your favorite company? Apple. Thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. I wish I could talk to you for for many more hours. <laughs> Likewise. You just heard an episode on the Detox podcast. Do not forget to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, whether it is Spotify or iTunes. We are there.